All right, back here at Lawler Arena, Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. Mike McMahon joining us from Eagle Tribune and WarriorRinkRat.com, the Warriors trail. You mapped below 4-3 at the end of two periods. And, uh, well, Mike, that play at the buzzer there, the situation at the buzzer uh, looked like uh, Blaze McDonald came out unhappy about something. Um, thought but possibly could be assessed a penalty there. Looked like the official might have made a signal that he was going to make a call, but at least as far as we know at this point, no penalty's been assessed. It doesn't look so. I, I think like, he certainly told him to, to take a step back and get back on the bench. Uh, I was you know, trying for the life of me to figure out what he was so upset about. Uh, other than the call on Wetmore there uh, with about a minute left in the period, I'm not sure what he could have complained about. I mean, Merrimack sort of had the play there in the zone at the end of the period. Uh, the cost gets that point shot that gets blocked, but I don't really know from a penalty standpoint if there was anything he really could have been that upset about. Funny game, isn't it? Uh, Merrimack takes the lead in the first period. Uh, had a one nothing lead on the goal by Sheen. Lowell, I thought, had, had played well pretty much from the get-go, but uh, Warriors in, in control pretty much at that point until the Valorani goal late in the period, and then Lowell seemed to springboard off that into the second period. Absolutely, and that's why I think that's a cost of goal there at the end of the second. Uh, could do the same thing for Merrimack. It's certainly a big goal. I mean, when you're down two, now you're only down one going to the third period, you still have a power play. Uh, I thought Lowell has played really well. You know, I think Lowell's played a lot similar, uh, a very similar way to the way Merrimack played uh, probably three or four years ago when you know they were one of the bottom teams in the league, just like Lowell is right now. And you do what you got to do to beat some of the more high-powered offenses. You trap. Uh, when you're in the zone, you, you throw five bodies in front of the net and, and just block everything that comes through. Uh, I know they had seven blocks in the first period. They may have all come in that first power play. It seemed like they just the uh, uh, Wells penalty kill it, it had to have blocked five shots in that first Merrimack power play. And, they, and they've done the same really throughout the game, which is getting their bodies in front of pucks and something that uh, teams that can't match firepower for firepower, that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, and in that second period, uh, I was impressed with the way that uh, Lowell continued to play with a lot of confidence and uh, they're you know, continuing to work hard and those are the things they need to do to, to be successful and opportunistic as well and taking advantage of the chances that they got. Yeah, you almost saw it in their bench. I mean, when they went up, I think it was that third goal, uh, when they went up 3-1, to one, you could, their bench came alive, the guys in the ice came alive. They haven't been in many situations like that this year. So, yeah, absolutely, that's got to uh, really bring their confidence through the roof. I mean, even Merrimack makes it 3-2 to two on the DaCosta goal, Trust's first goal, and they come back, I think it's 17 seconds later, and go up forward, so you start again, the whole bench came to life. Uh, so with a team that doesn't have a lot going for them right now, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you play the way that they've played the first 40 minutes and, and have had some results, that's going to go be through the roof for them from a confidence standpoint. Yeah, this will be another test, I think, of Merrimack's resilience. We've seen it in the past. Ironically, uh, we had Joe Cucci on in the first intermission. We were talking about, uh, for example, the game at Huntsville where they, they were behind 3 nothing, and it was, they were behind by 2 after 2 periods, and still, I don't think there was too much doubt in the, in, in the building or in that locker room, or at least on the part of uh, you know, people that knew this Merrimack team that they were going to come back and win the game. Now it's different. You get back in the league, play against a club uh, you know, like UMass Lowell, and especially with the way that Lowell's playing tonight, but I, you still get the sense that there's a good amount of confidence. The key is, as always, when you do fall behind, you can't wait until the last minute to, uh, to pull it together, and uh, more often than not, when they've needed to come back, they've been able to do it. Yeah, and they've been able to do it, like you said, their, their best players are the ones that are taking it back from an offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, when you're down in a, in a situation like this, you look to a guy like DaCosta to, to put the team on his back and, and, and get him back in the game, and he's been able to do that. He has two goals during the second period. So, You know, the thing that impressed me most about him, by the way, was that you saw the play there where uh, there was good pressure and uh, Stolwey was forced to commit a turnover, and, and so he lost the puck, and DaCosta, what did he do? He came back to help him out, first of all. That's what led to that. He came back to help out his uh, his partner there, and then 
uh, ended up carrying the puck up the right side and drawing that penalty, which led to the five-on-three and then the goal. Yeah, and you know that's another thing that Lowell's done a real good job tonight is, is forcing turnovers on the break on. I mean, how many times uh, I I noticed it the other night for Merrimack against BU, forcing the BU defenders uh, to sort of curl back and, and, and you know start from scratch in their breakout. Merrimack's been trying to force their way through it, but I mean the Riverhawks have done a really good job forcing turnovers in the neutral zone, whether it's picking off passes or just getting their sticks, you know, running a stick as, as a Merrimack player goes to, goes to send a pass. It's, I think they've done a real good job forcing turnovers. You know, it's got to be, from a, from a giveaway standpoint, one of the worst games Merrimack has had, and we've only through two periods. I, I just feel like Lowell has forced a lot of turnovers and forcing them into mistakes, forcing Merrimack into mistakes that generally they haven't been making this year. Yeah, this will be interesting because you've got a young Lowell team and a veteran Merrimack team, and Lowell needs to put together three solid periods in order to be able to win a game, and the Warriors have had nights like this when it hasn't completely gone their way through the first two periods, and they've come back strong in the third, so uh, interesting. The timeout call there, I thought, by Mark Denny midway through the period when uh, uh, I believe that was on the Pendenza goal that he, that he called the timeout, or actually on the, the Ferreira goal that made it 3-1. to one. And the, uh, the response after that, of course, the, they picked up the power play goal, but then uh, your thoughts? I mean, Mark Denny, he's not been a guy to waste the timeout. Uh, did you see that coming at that point? I thought about it. I only thought about it because it was brought up the other night uh, in his press conference after the BU game when they made it three to two. And somebody asked, you know, did you think of calling timeout there? And his response was, of course I did a million times because other than changing things up and calling a timeout, really, what can a coach do? Uh, so you know, it, it certainly seemed like Lowell was applying some pressure there. I mean, they had they had uh, control of the uh, puck possession. Uh, they don't keep time on attack in, in the NCAA, but uh, at that point. Uh, and even, I think, for the game, you know, Lowell's probably dominating in that category. It seems like the puck's been down in their offensive zone more than they've been playing defense. So I thought it was a good time to, to, to call that timeout and regroup and just sort of get everybody back together here and, and slow things down because especially, you know, you're playing a young Lowell team who's getting some confidence. They don't want that. They don't want to slow down. They want to keep going. They want to keep that momentum going. So I, I thought it was a good timeout to sort of stop and, and just bring everybody back down to the same level and, and you know, start from scratch again. Well, the big win the other night over BU, six wins in a row, which is the most uh, that this team has had since they've been in Division One. the most consecutive wins. Uh, some of those, of course, non-league games, but regardless. Um, eighth in the pairwise. Uh, everything seems to be going their way at this point in the season. So I guess the question is going to be, uh, well, I guess the result of this game, uh, do, if they come back to win, then it's another one of those, uh, uh, you know, signs of their resiliency and, and veteran leadership and so on. If they if they lose, then maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, one of those games that, that ends up knocking them down a notch and waking them up a bit. I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait to see the, the end of this game to see what's said about it. If they lose this game, I think it's going to be compared to that Providence game earlier in the year where they were riding a hot streak uh, going into that one, and it sort of served as a wake-up call. But they're in a situation where having that experience, you're down a goal in the third period, this is a game that they could still come back and win. Whereas if the roles were reversed and they were the younger team trailing by a goal heading into the third period, you know, you, we could be saying, yeah, they're, they're, they put themselves in a chance to win, but you don't really have that, that veteran leadership, that, that, that ability to just know how to get yourself back in games and win games. I think with, a, with an upperclassman-laden lineup, uh, they've got a, a very good chance to get back to get back in this game and certainly get points out of it. I mean, you're going to start the period with a one-minute power play. That's plenty of time uh, with rested guys and a clean sheet of ice to get out there and do something. 
talking with Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and WarriorRinkRat.com. Merrimack Trails UMass below 4-3 at the end of the second period of play, and uh, we're just about ready for the start of the second here, Mike. Uh, what's being said down there? Uh, you know, I'm sure it's just get back to doing what, what they do best and, and what has brought them to winning five in a row here, six in a row. Uh, you know, and that's been a lot of just doing little things. You know, it, it's getting in, it's basically doing a lot of what Lowell's been doing in end tonight. It's getting in front of shots, uh, getting in front of, of pucks around their net. I, I thought on two out of, of Lowell's four goals, they were just outworked in front of their own net. I mean, a couple of them, one was a third chance rebound. You know, first shot hits the post, second shot saved, but third chance ends up, uh, winds up being the one that's going in. I think that was Pendenza's goal. Uh, so there's just been a lot of, of low outwork at Merrimack in certain areas where you know they haven't been outworked very much this year at all. So I think if you could play this third period the way that they've generally played most of the season, uh, they've got a great chance to still come out of here with points. Yeah, that's funny that you you talk about uh, work and so on, uh, work ethic. Uh, has Lowell outworked Merrimack in this game so far through 40 minutes? I would say yes. Yes, would I? So and, and it's been very noticeable in front of the Nets. I mean, they've had a lot of second, third chance shots. Uh, they've been crashing them in real hard. I'm I, joking on has been getting beat up, uh, you know, covering the puck. And there was one point in the second period, he covered the puck in the left post. By the time somebody had crashed the net and he ended up in a crowd, he was on his knees, hunched over, covering up the puck, and he was almost out of the bottom of the right faceoff circle. So they've been crashing the net real hard. I mean, just, just really working hard in front of Merrimack, and I thought in particular. How about this? We talk a lot about block shots. I think it's a good sign of how the game's going for Merrimack. Merrimack's had 14 out of 36 shots blocked. Lowell's only had five out of looks like 34 blocks. So the Warriors aren't blocking shots on their own end, and they are having their shots blocked on the other end, and that's a recipe for, for disaster. Yeah, and that's something that's usually you know going the opposite way. Usually when we look at these charts, that's something that, uh, that Merrimack is usually dominating, and uh, Lowell's just packing five guys in even. It's almost like when Merrimack has had possession in the offensive zone, it's like, it looks like Lowell's killing a penalty. I mean, they just pack five guys in there right around the net and just any puck that's coming close to the crease, and, and that's what they've got to, I mean, that's what they have to do to be successful. Well, we'll see if Lowell's able to do it for three periods. They'll deserve the win, but if the Warriors are able to turn it around, then they have a chance to come back here and win in the third. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike McMahon, WarriorRinkRat.com. Eagle Tribune also uh, is the outfit that he works for, and you can check out his work at EagleTribune.com and also WarriorRinkRat.com.